0: This is Parenting for the Everyday, a podcast dedicated to meeting parents in the trenches of parenthood. We explore how our faith fits into our parenting. With the help of our guests, we are seeking practical tips on how the gospel can speak into our day-to-day parenting. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we wanna talk about it all. Welcome, this is Parenting for the Everyday. I'm Becca Alvarez. And I'm Holly day andrew And today we are talking all things sports. Uh, Something that I think is fun about this episode is we actually tried to record it once before and quickly realize how complex and passionate and all sorts of things sports brings out in people. And so we are now doing a three-part series where we can talk about sports and all the different dynamics that come into play when you're talking parents, sports, and kids. It feels like sports bring out the best and worst of people, specifically parents. Sports have always been a big deal, but lately, It has never seemed more cutthroat or needing kids to specialize or complex in so many different ways. The sports arena is a place where Christians can shine or completely blend in, and we want to talk about those differences. So today we're going to talk about how Christian parents should respond in the sports arena, and we have two very special guests, if you guys would like to introduce yourselves.
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Jimmy Cozy. I'm on staff here at CCC. Uh, as the executive director of operations, and uh, also in terms of sports experience, uh, I've been coaching in the uh, Hudson City schools for uh, 11 years, football and basketball, and so that's kind of my sports background. I played sports in high school too, but that, that's the extent of it. Christy's much more accomplished than I am. Oh
2: my, <laughs> pressure. My name's Christy Mitchell. I am on staff at CCC as well, and I'm the new sports director here. Um, my experience in sports, I have been a coach for much longer, just because I'm much older. 27 years um, at many different levels, from junior high, high school, club, division two, and division one, and I've also been a referee, and also have three kids that are involved in sports. So lots to say.
3: Yeah. This is a a very complicated issue because I feel like there are so many different opinions for whoever you ask and how involved kids should be in sports, how involved they shouldn't be. Like Becca said, today we're going to focus on kind of a parent's role in that. And so let's start off with um, just talking about, in your experience, what are parents like? So as coaches, what do you see from parents? Do you see differences between Christians and non-Christians? Walk us through what your experience has been like?
1: Well, I think before even getting into that question, what I would say is, you know, uh, a parent's role doesn't change depending on the arena in which they're parenting, whether it's in sports or academics or at home. Or so I think it's important to say, you know, our role as parents, because I have kids of my own as well, is to uh, point them to Jesus. You know, that's our our primary calling as parents. Now, that plays out in a bunch of different arenas, like sports and academics and And so I just think that's important to, you know, to frame the conversation around sports Uh, is is, as a Christian parent, if your son or daughter is an athlete, you know, our first role is to, and I I don't have this experience yet. My kids are either too young or not athletic enough for this to be a conversation I have to engage in, but (laughs) uh, maybe someday, maybe someday. Um, But uh, so uh, this, uh, some of this is theoretical for me, Uh, but at the same time, I would say our primary role is to disciple our kids. So we figure out how to do that in this arena.
2: Agreed. And with the question, unfortunately, it has become the norm that sports, it's okay to not be in that arena. So that makes it very challenging. And I th- i believe your question was um, what we've observed parent-wise from the coach side. Yeah, and, as
3: a coach and as um, just attending games with your kids, like what do you notice when you look around at other parents?
2: Right. And it makes it tricky because I, what I've observed as a coach and then coach hat on and then when I put parent head on and and exactly what Jimmy's just saying it really shouldn't change it shouldn't change me my reaction shouldn't change and um unfortunately what I'm observing is um that it's just it is a feeling that it's okay to jump on the bandwagon of a lot of negativity at sports events whether it's towards the coach whether it's towards other players towards the ref um what I've experienced is just seeing that become (coughs) a norm unfortunately
1: yeah I would say I think uh it's hard to describe, you know. I've only been coach. I've been coaching for eleven years, twelve years, and so. Uh, but even over that time, I feel like w- what I've noticed is that culture wide, society wide, it seems like sports are continuing to creep closer and closer and closer to the center of uh, our hearts. You know, I feel like. My conversations with parents lately are more intense and more frequent than maybe they were when I was first starting out as a coach. Now, maybe that could be because when I was first coaching, I was, you know, I was an assistant. I didn't make some of the decisions that I have to make now in terms of playing time and who makes the team and so on and so forth. Uh, but it does seem like the intensity level is higher now and is increasing at a quick pace where it just really seems to matter. And and I feel like that's, you know, part of your question was, what are, how do you observe that with both Christian and non-Christian parents? I would say that's across the board. It's not just with a certain set of parents, whether it's non-Christian or Christian parents. I would say to to everyone, it seems like the intensity level is just continuing to increase. Now, I don't know for Christians if if it's like a chicken or the egg thing where... The intensity level is increasing because they're increasing their intensity or because they are being swept into it from like a cultural tide. But it, I can say experientially that whether whichever one of those is true for a lot of Christian families, the intensity of their passion around sports, their commitment to it, the role that it plays in their lives is, is expanding at a pretty significant pace.
2: Here's the thing that we want to remember too. Sports are exciting. Sports bring a lot of energy. Um, Sports are fun. Um, But it's what that energy feeds into our reactions and and everything that you just said, Jimmy. Um, But just to scale back and realize it, it is okay to be excited. It is okay to love them, but it's just how we articulate that and how we represent what we want to represent while doing
1: that. And how does this impact our ultimate responsibility to point our kids to Jesus?
0: think how does it impact our ultimate responsibility and then what place does it hold within mm-hmm. that family? Mm-hmm. I think, Chrissy, you're so right of sports are exciting. That was going to be one of my questions of what is the reason that this intensity is, is becoming more and more. But I think it is because of the excitement and how easy it can slip into like this is the most important thing is my son's soccer game or my son's soccer career for his first 18 years and then, and then it's over. Another question, just focusing on parents. How, in your opinion, especially Chrissy, because you have been a referee, how should parents respond to referees if they agree or disagree?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, sports are fun, but a lot of times referees' um, decisions end up being the fate of a win or a loss. And that shouldn't be a shock to anybody, but a lot of us act shocked that it happens you know, at games and that fuels negative responses. And like I said in the beginning, I feel like it is the norm of, oh, well, it's rough. They shouldn't be rough if they can't take it or it's OK. It's part of the game to, you know, argue their calls. And we really have to check ourselves um, in what we're believing the norm is and what we want to represent um, at games, because that shouldn't be the way it, our kids cannot be in sports without referees. Um, you're right. I was a referee. <laughs> And for a very short time, and I can say wholeheartedly, it was because of the parents. Like it was very difficult to. And refs say, just block it out, just just block it out. But when I'm hearing, you know, all this negativity directed at me or directed at the game, or even if it wasn't a call, it's just unfortunately something that has to change. And um, and I know that we talked, and I didn't want to steal your thunder, but it is it's it's an obvious. In all levels, youth, high school, across all divisions, that there's a ref shortage, yeah. and and it it doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock. It shouldn't shock coaches because um, we keep saying we need we need refs, we need refs, we need refs. But all of us need to check how we're communicating. Then because right away, who's going to want to be a ref if and and to think about, gosh, what I want to be a ref talked to like I talk to refs, and that should be the the first question of oh, if there's any kind of a you know, something that I maybe shouldn't have said, um, you know, a good way to check ourselves again.
1: Yeah. The Ohio High School Athletic Association has a shortage of referees. You know, I've had uh, multiple times where uh, I know either games that I'm involved in or games that I know of at our school are either, you know, they're being ref a ref short or uh, we had one, I think we've had a a girls game in the past in basketball that actually was refed by a just parents from the stands who, which is like, that's the ultimate, you know, how the tables have turned. But um, (laughs) there's a shortage and it's because the primary reason that that people give for stepping out of officiating is they're sick of dealing with parents. They don't want to get yelled at from the stands. They don't get followed to their car. They don't want to get, you know, all the stuff that happens, which is wild to think about. uh, But I think that goes back to that intensity we were talking about earlier. It just really matters Mm -hmm. to people. And so, Um, you know, you might find yourself screaming at a seven-year-old soccer, a seven-year-old at a ref at a seven-year-old soccer game. You have to think about how in the world did you get there? Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. And, uh, I think something that my dad says often is that epithomia, if you've heard him talk about that, of just this epi emotion, this over emotion, and that's how you can really check. Where your God is, or where your idol yeah. is, and if you do catch yourself screaming at a ref at a seven-year-old soccer game, chances are your epithelia <laughs> is out of line, and that could be a really good checkpoint of like if you're having this projection, anger. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean to go to your original question, how should parents respond to referees? I think every you know everybody might handle this a little differently, but I have to. I do a parent meeting every year for every sport that I coach, and one of the, my, my answer to that would be they shouldn't. You know, like the referees are a part of the game. I've never in my entire time coaching seen a referee change a call because a parent yelled at them from the stands. It just, so it's just not worth it. You're not going to accomplish anything. Um, There are better ways to use your energy.
2: I think another way or an additional tabbed question to this is how do parents respond to other parents responding to referees as well? Because how easily, you know, a small spark ignites a huge Mm -hmm. fire, little little sparks in the fans of parents getting angry create you know fuel to the fire of it's okay it's okay to talk like that, or is as minimal as just laughing at a parent doing that like but that's another way of saying oh that's okay that's kind of funny that you just said that to that ref, but checking ourselves in that manner that it's it's not okay and it's a lot harder to remove ourselves from those situations and I'm the first to admit I have a hard time sitting with parents at games. I try. So, I try so hard, but I tend to go down by the fence or, you know, I want to mingle, but I just I I can't I can't stand when people yell at refs.
1: And the last thing I'll say is just connecting it back to the what I would say is the overriding theme is is our job as parents is to point our kids to Jesus. So, your kid whether you like it or not, your kid is watching you interact with that ref, especially if your kids on the floor or on the field. Because if if you're saying it loud enough that the ref can hear it, you're also saying it loud enough that your kid who's probably standing next to them and involved in the play can hear it. So you have to think about if if my job is to point my kid to Jesus, even in this arena, How does that sync up with the way that I'm interacting with this referee?
3: Yeah, let's take it even a step further. So uh, how about with coaches? I mean, coaches have a little bit more authority um, and they really control, you know, who plays, how much your kid plays, if they play in the right position, how practices run. How should we expect as parents that we should be interacting with coaches?
2: I think what Jimmy just chatted about directly goes to this question as well, right? Like what are we how are we teaching our kids in that realm as well and you just said authority whether they agree with everything that the coach is saying and doing which you never will. Parents never will agree with everything the coach the coach will not please everybody.
1: Sometimes the coach can't even agree with himself about what
3: he's doing
2: <laughs> <laughs> or their coaching staffer. But that authority piece of just starting with that, well, this you're deciding to be on this team, you're deciding to be under this person's leadership. They are an authority right now. Your reaction matters. And that alone is something that you can communicate, obviously, to your child. But or
1: communicate oppositely in the way that you... Are
2: you, yeah. Are you showing that? That's what I was going to say, yeah. Are you showing that as a parent? Like, are you saying, you know, respect authority, respect this, respect their decisions, respect leadership, respect, you know, all the things you can learn from that leadership, or are you giving them a bad example?
1: One thing I would say is that you should have a conversation with coaches if there's something you don't like, and don't send an email. Like I think that's one of the, one of my rules of thumb for, cause I, you know, I coach, I coach basketball, which is a cut sport so that in it's middle school basketball, which means a lot of people try out, which means I'm making a lot of cuts. And, uh, very often I'll get emails back after I make cuts. And, and one of my rules is like, if you, if you won't get on the phone with me and talk about it, you, if you don't, if you can't say it to my face, so to speak, then I'm, I'm not super interested in hearing it, I guess. And I don't know if that's but I, th- I think I would say have a conversation. If you if you don't like something a coach is doing, have a conversation with them because I think you might find that there are reasons for their their actions and the way they're running the team or the decisions they made that that make sense. You know, I don't know any coaches who want to lose or who are in it to to submarine the team or your your kids' athletic future. So it's quite possible they have good reasons for the decisions they're making. But then the other thing I would say with that is. One of my favorite movies is Saving Private Ryan, and one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, uh, you know, there's it's about this army platoon that gets sent on this really difficult mission, and they're walking across a field, and the whole platoon is just complaining to their captain again, and they're like, "What? this is stupid. Why are we doing this? This is silly. And then they're like, Captain, why don't you ever complain? And he's like, I know, I only, but basically says, complaints always go up. And I would say, when it comes to the coaching relationship, the way I would apply that here is to say, don't bring your kids along with you you know in front of your kid i feel like you should project that the coach is worth respecting and and worth listening to and that they might have good reasons i think it's totally fine to disagree within the context of a conversation that's private i encourage parents to do that like i I may not be able to make it better. I may not be able to change the situation. I can't make your son a better basketball player, at least not quickly enough to get him from... See, I guess I can, but not quickly enough to get him from one minute a game (laughs) to 20 minutes a game overnight. At the same time, I'd at least like to have a conversation about it.
3: Do you think that there's any validity to... You said don't bring your kid with you, but even encouraging your kid to have a conversation? So I know uh, the the middle school that my son plays for, like I said to the parents, like, hey, if your kid wants to know why they're not playing, then your kid should ask me. Like your yeah, kid should be the one that comes absolutely. up to me and says, hey coach, I want to know like what I could do to get more playing time. It shouldn't be your mom on the phone saying, what does my kid need to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, it's incumbent on us as coaches to be able to answer that question. You know, to be able to say, hey, here are, here are a couple of things that you need to be able to do or that you're not but doing. But encouraging that could kids do. to even have those But I think it is healthy for kids to have to have that conversation.
2: So a couple things too, with with parents wanting to communicate. I think no matter what you need to pause, like every, you need to pause. I would challenge at least 24 hours before you communicate um, email. I agree. Cause you can, you know, although email, you could write it out, maybe don't send it right away and, you know, take, take things off, reread it, read it out loud to somebody, whatever. Um, but if it's in person, don't do it right after the game. Hmm. Don't do it when your emotions are, you know, array. Um, it's, it's amazing no matter what the game. And you don't feel like it in that situation or at that moment. No matter what the game, it fades. Like in a couple of days, that win really fades. Even if it's a national championship, which I get major sports fans, it takes a long time for it to fade. But it's gonna fade. So you've got to wait for the emotions to to calm down before you communicate. As far as communicate through the child, or I think that's an age thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a sixth grader is going to communicate to the coach way different than a high school or a college player. Um, But I think you need to respect the coach's rules. So I'm sure the coach has put some, you know, in the parent meeting some sort of communication standard of if you want to communicate with me, then follow this procedure. Don't act above those rules, you know, with your child, with your, yeah, but this is a bigger situation. This is a bit, just try to, you know, align with those rules. i'm sure an athletic director or someone probably approved it maybe not um but i would say i would suggest that you follow the coach's standards of communication but it is okay to disagree like jimmy yeah. said it's okay to question i i would be shocked if there's any sports program or sports admin or coach that says don't communicate you know hopefully there's a don't communicate like this or yeah. please follow you know this way of communicating but All of us should be able to communicate in a healthy way.
1: Yeah, I I agree with the age thing. The players that I coach are in middle school, and so I do encourage them to to have the player come talk to me directly. But I'm not naive to the fact that you know I'm okay with parents reaching out to me, uh, just in certain contexts, like Mm -hmm. not right after a game. You you just that's never a great time, uh, especially depending on the results of the game. Um, But also because that's in part because you know after a game there are a million things going through my head, but also in part because I don't know where your emotions are. And to Christy's point, if you just give it 24 hours to let things kind of clarify in terms of how you really feel and not how you feel in the moment, I think that that's really important. But I do think it it does depend on the age.
0: Jimmy, you mentioned this just with you coaching basketball, that it is a cut sport. So having Your child cut from a team is an extremely emotional thing. So as a parent, what do you do if your kid is cut from a sports team?
1: Well, like I said before, for me, this is all theoretical because my kids aren't old enough or athletic enough to uh, encounter this. But I have seen it from the other end, from the end of a coach. And I've seen it actually for myself. Uh, You know, I was a mediocre athlete, so I got cut from my fair share of teams. And uh, my parents, you know, thinking back, I don't ever remember them going off on the coach or that to my knowledge I don't know if they had any communication with the coach but I do know they always surrounded me and just and uh, you know they made sure that they knew that it, that that I knew that they loved me and I think like I would say two things that I would do I would I would like to think I would do if my kid gets cut from a team the first would be make sure that they know that I love them and you know care for them personally relationally like forget the sport who cares about that let's just make sure you're okay. And then second, you know, the question I would ask them to ask themselves is, okay, what do I need to do differently to make sure the next time I try this, the the result is different?
2: I think this goes back to even before your child tries out, that's another communication role on my part as a parent, um, that you are now at the age where it's going to get a little bit more difficult. And as a parent, we want to do everything in our power to protect our child from disappointment. And sports are a platform, like you said in the beginning, that create beautiful situations, but they create many hard and sad situations. And um, I think the precursor is to have that conversation that this is is not a guarantee, so that it's not maybe a shock, right, if that does happen. But again, like we said in the last question, it's okay to disagree and ask questions. It's It's the how, which is interesting about this podcast is a lot of this is about reactions, right? And you know, one of my players used to say that her, her dad always said to her, which is I'm sure someone, great quote that I'm not even quoting, but 10%, like what happens to you in life is 10% that actual situation and 90% your reaction to it. And that's just all of these, to refs, to coaches, to making a team, everything along in sports really teaches us about reactions and how to control them and how um, to be the most like Jesus that we possibly can in mm-hmm. all situations.
1: Yeah, and I would say maybe one last thing to add to what I said about being cut. The third question I might ask my my kid is, what do you think the Lord might be trying to teach you through this? Because I think our, our first instinct is always to run away from things that are painful and disappointing uh, instead of considering the fact that uh, maybe the Lord knows something that you don't about the impact that being on that team would have had on you. Maybe the Lord is trying to do something in your heart and in your mind through the fact that you didn't make this team. Maybe they're not maybe it's not about the kid, maybe the Lord is trying to do something in the parents' heart and the parents' mind with the kid getting cut. You just never the Lord uses all of these things to to grow us and so I think while it it is painful and obviously again i haven't experienced this myself but i've i've seen it on the other end from the coach's perspective like i don't enjoy cutting players either it's not like i wake up in the morning and say hey do you want to, i want to make a 7th grade boy cry today by cutting from a basketball team sure, like you that's don't. not that's not how I, <laughs> but you know i think there could be things that the lord's doing that you just not you don't know about that he's going to do in your life because of this difficult situation,
3: sports feels like one of those things that, at first glance, uh, you might not realize how much it could integrate with your faith. And I feel like this conversation today has started uh, us thinking about, man, how do we, how does this show, how do we uh, show our faith through this? How do we grow our faith through this? How do we share our faith? How does the Lord grow in us through all of this? And so, uh, I think as parents, we need to have that in mind with anything we do but specifically the platform of sports
0: and if anything this conversation shows that it is a much much larger conversation so just a reminder that this is part one of a three-part series thank you for tuning in stay with us for the rest of the series we've got some really great episodes
2: coming up tune in next time